This is one of the most effective health programs out there. Mm. Right? It really is. And it's deceptively simple. Yeah. Right? You might think five minutes. Come on, you know, it's got to be harder than that. It's not. If you get good at doing five minutes every day, that's where the magic happens. That's when things start to change. If every single person in this country mm. adopted the Feel Better and Fine program, so basically spent five minutes each day on their mind, five minutes on their body, and five minutes on their heart, I guarantee we would have a healthier and a happier society. Hi, my name is Rongan Chatterjee. Welcome to Feel Better, Live More. Hey guys, how you doing? This is another one of my special Sunday re-release episodes. And this one's a conversation that first aired all the way back in January 2020. And it's a conversation that's all about making lifestyle changes that last. Why is it that so many of us find it hard to stick to a new way of eating or a lifestyle plan? You know, we can all start off well enough, full of energy and optimism, but then the novelty soon wears off and life gets in the way. And the fact is, most health plans are based on the common but incorrect assumption that we can make sweeping and lasting changes to our health by relying solely on willpower and motivation. But for the vast majority of us, this is simply not true. This was the rationale behind me writing my third book, Feel Better in Five, Your Daily Plan to Feel Great for Life, which came out in January 2020, and has helped transform the lives of hundreds of thousands of people all around the world. Now, in this episode, my good friend, Dr. Ian Panja, returns to the podcast and puts me in the hot seat. We cover a range of different topics, including how five minutes really is all we need to start making change in our lives, the science of behavior change, the ripple effect, how one small change in one aspect of your life can very quickly ripple into other areas, as well as the importance of human connection. I really enjoyed taking some time out to sit down and chat with one of my closest friends. I hope you enjoy listening. Before we get started, just a quick shout out to Athletic Greens who are supporting today's show. Now, good quality nutrition is an essential pillar for our physical health, but also our mental health. And in an ideal world, I would much prefer it if all of us got all of our nutrition from real whole food. But I know from nearly 21 years now of seeing patients that a lot of us struggle to find the time to consistently do that. That is why I am a fan of good quality whole food supplements like AG1 by Athletic Greens. One tasty scoop contains 75 whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. It helps support energy and focus, aids with gut health and digestion, and it also helps support a healthy immune system. AG1 has been in my own life for about three years now, and I genuinely think it is one of the best whole food supplements out there. It's also really, really tasty. So if you want to take something each morning as an insurance policy to make sure that you are meeting your nutritional needs, I can highly recommend it. For listeners of the show, if you go to athleticgreens.com, forward slash live more, you can access an exclusive special offer where they are offering my audience five free travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D, a critical nutrient for our immune system. You can see all details of the special offer by going to athleticgreens.com forward slash live more. And now, 
my conversation with Dr. Ian Panjin. So I'm super excited because today I get to take over Feel Better, Live More. Dr. Rongan Chatterjee, welcome to your own podcast. Thank you for having me, Ian. Thank you. <laughs> so listen, we were having a chat this time last year, and that was just before you were publishing your second book, The Stress Solution. And at the end of that conversation, I remember asking you, what are you going to be doing in a year's time? And I remember vividly you saying, look, I don't really know. I'm, I'm not sure. But all I do know is that it will involve improving people's health and making that easy for them. We're here now at the end of 2019, in fact, the end of the decade. Um, and you've got another book on the table that is about to launch, Feel Better in Five. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I'm just thinking back now to that conversation. It was about a year ago, wasn't it? And um, you did throw me that question right at the end. And just for people listening, you know, we we don't prepare this. You know, you've not sent me the list of questions you're going to ask me. You may not even know what you're about to ask me. Um, right. But I remember you did you did ask me that question. And yeah, you're right. It, it is. Um, I didn't quite know, but I guess if I go back and listen to that. I guess my forecast probably would have been relatively accurate in the sense that I am continuing to, I hope, you know, make health accessible for people and, um, you know, take a lot of complex ideas and break them right down into their most simplest forms so people actually feel as though they can do something about it in their own lives. And I think that's what Feel Better in Five is for me, really. I think it's it's really almost 20 years of clinical experience of seeing patients, helping people from all walks of life with all kinds of different problems and actually seeing from them what really works for busy people with busy lives. And really, I put everything that I've learned into this new book. I think it's my simplest, I think it's my most practical book to date. Um, and I think it really tackles the biggest issue at the moment, which is that nobody's got any time. Right? Absolutely. I mean, you're a GP like me, and people will constantly come in and say to me, look, Dr. Chastity, I, you know, I get that. I want to do that. I, I want to do some things that are going to help me from, you know, with my health and my well-being, but I don't have time. I'm busy. It's the biggest barrier, 100%. Yeah. And so I don't think time has to be the obstacle to health and well-being that we think it is. And I think the reason we think it is, is because we have been conditioned to think that health is hard, that mm. it's complicated. Let's say you want to move your body more, right? We've been conditioned to think that that happens if you go to the gym or if you're training for a half marathon, right? And if you're not doing one of those sort of, uh, if you don't have one of those lofty goals, then it doesn't count. Yeah. And, you know, no doubt we'll dive into the book in more detail during this conversation, but I'm really trying to show people that now, every little bit does count, right? And five minutes of movement, let's say, every day, simple movement, right, that fits in around your lifestyle, it's going to have much more impact on your life and your well-being than going to the gym for one hour a week. And um, the thing about this book, it, it all revolves around five minutes. That's what's called Feel Better in Five. Every single recommendation I make in the book takes five minutes. So even the busiest person really can't say, I don't have five minutes to do something for my body or to do something for my mind or do something for my heart. And I've really given people a lot of options in this book. 
Um, honestly, you know, I've read a lot of health books. I don't think there's anything out there like it. It's a very different style. There's different formats. Um, it, it, it allows anybody, whether they've already got a significant health problem that they want help with, or whether they simply just want to optimize how they feel and increase their focus and creativity, right? I think this program works for everyone because you can personalize it. Yeah. I mean, I think you touch on so many things there. The time thing, I completely agree with. It's something I hear every day. It's like, well, I haven't got time to do this. I haven't got time to do that. And what I also love is when you listen to your podcast, and I have to say, you know, that some of the conversations on your Feel Better Live More podcast are, are some of the best conversations I've ever heard, honestly. But they're very long form, and some of them you know, are life-changing in themselves, I think, when you listen to them. But what you've managed to do, I think, with this book is distill all of that down into these chunk-sized five-minute little slivers. And that that is not easy. Um, and I was thinking the other day, you know, you and I have known each other for, what, 40 years? Wow. Um, which is a long time. <laughs> long um, time. And for 25 years of that, you've been immersed in medicine, you know, from the day that you started medical school. And and actually me reading this as someone who knows you very well, um, it really comes across, you know, that all of those years of experience. Um, but what I'd like to also just get into a little bit is, you know, I had a, I had a look at this last night. And um, again, it's a beautiful book to look at, but also it's it's very, very practical and very, very easy. What, just just in terms of being helpful to everyone, you know, say I'm 80 years old and I just want to improve my health. What, what can this book do for me? And where, you know, how do I use this book? You know, where's the sort of starting point? Yeah. I mean, I kind of just touched on something you just mentioned mm. just, yeah. just before that, which was the different forms of content mm. that, that are out there, yeah. you know, and as I said to you at the end of our conversation last year, my goal is to help empower as many people as possible. You know, I've said I, over my career, I want to empower 100 million people to understand that they can be the architects of their own health. Yeah. Now, the way you do that, I think, is by making health accessible, making it simple. But you've also got to understand that people learn in different ways. Mm. People resonate with different kinds of information. Right? Some people will like the long-form conversation on the podcast. Some people may not. They may feel it's too in-depth and it's not for them. Uh, some people may like the bite-sized chunks of this new book. You know, I hope they do. Some people may, you know, they may, they may like both. And mm. I think different people, it's a bit like an approach to health, right, that we always talk about. You've got to personalize your approach to the patient in front of Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And different people like to learn in different ways. So, if I am going to get to that 100 million hmm. goal by the end of my career, I don't know if I will or not, but I think it's a nice thing to aim for, yeah. then I have to be able to deliver content and give people information in a variety of different ways. Hmm. And I actually think that the books actually go really nicely alongside the podcast. So very practical, bite-sized, accessible pieces of things to do in the book. Hmm. And if you want a bit more detail, right? you can actually listen to one of the two-hour conversations or one of the one-hour conversations yeah. when you're commuting to work. And I think it all sort of fits together quite nicely. Yeah. But, but in terms of your last question, if you're an 80-year-old um, you know, man or woman and you want to do the Feel Better in Fire plan, what can it do for you? Mm. It can do whatever 
you want it to do for you, mm. right? And let me explain what I mean by that. Yeah. Like you, I don't believe that you can be healthy by just focusing on one area of your health, right? And at this time of year, it's very typical that someone will go, right, okay, I'm going into the new year and I'm going to change my diet this year. I'm going to do something this January that I've never done before. I'm going to get a new diet plan. I'm going to stick to it. And it's going to change my life. Right? <laughs> heard that before. You've heard that before? And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I've probably been guilty of that myself before. I'm me, I'm me. Right? It's, it's, it's a, I think it's a, it's a very common human trait mm. to do that. But it very much feeds into that all or nothing approach, which I'm, I'm trying to move people away from. But if we take diet, for example, sugar, or mm. the other one you could, you could talk about as alcohol, mm. right? At this time of year, people are trying to reduce their sugar intake. They're trying to reduce how much alcohol they're consuming. And often, first two weeks of January, they'll go completely cold turkey, right? No sugar, no alcohol, right? And for a week or two, they manage to do that. And they're feeling good. They're feeling, you know, they're sleeping better. They've got more energy. They can concentrate for longer. But then two weeks in, three weeks in, it just slowly starts to slip back. And by the end of January, they're right back where they started because maybe the diet or the alcohol wasn't the problem maybe they were maybe they were the way that they coped with the stress that was in their life let's say there was a lot of work stress or family stress right well actually a bit of sugar in the evening helps kind of numb that a little mm. bit and helps soothe it it's a, or, stick, it's a sticking plaster isn't sticking it? plaster yeah. right mm. and it's same with a, a glass of wine often mm. um and I found, and I'd be interested in your view on this, because you've got more experience than me as a doctor. What is it now? 22, 23 years yeah. working? God, I don't know, actually. A long time. A long time. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, and the, and the, and the point is, is that um, you've got to really understand what that is serving for that patient. It's mm. no good saying, hey, you're eating too much sugar. Mm. You have to reduce it. Right? Well, if we don't understand why they're choosing to do that in the first place, is it psychological reason is it conditioning is it they don't know is it an education issue that they don't know how harmful it is or is it a way to soothe the stress in their life actually depending on which one of those things it is that will also alter the approach you take simply saying you've got to reduce your sugar without understanding why they're doing that mm. you know what i just haven't found it to be that useful in yeah. the long term i mean what do you think yeah no that? i totally agree i mean i think behavior change is 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 the key to this and understanding what makes you tick and i think reading through your book that falls out of this because people will think wait a second you know that is why i'm craving sugar at this time of day because whatever you know i'm stressed or they've had sugary snacks earlier in the day and they're crashing or they're uh, reliant on caffeine whatever what? yeah and that's why i put so many case studies in the book yeah. to bring these ideas to life and say look well when i saw this patient yeah. And I'm really hoping that people, and I know the people who've read the early copies love the case stories. Because yeah, they're great. Really good. People can really often see themselves mm. in those various stories and go, oh, actually, that might be me. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what an 80-year-old can get from it, so mm. if they want more energy, mm. right, this book can give them that. If they want more creativity, this book can give them that. Mm. If they want to lose excess weight that they feel they might be carrying, mm. this book will help them do that. Yeah. And why is that? That's because... I've looked at health in a rounded 360-degree fashion. So we've just said we can't look at one thing in isolation if we're going to make long-term change. And I was thinking, okay, I had this idea for five minutes because I've seen over and over again that five minutes, chunks of health are achievable 
and people can do them repeatedly in the long term. Mm. I'll give you a couple of um, stories of where that came from. If I'll tell you, I'll tell you now, actually, um, it's, it's a funny dynamic actually chatting to you on this show because yeah. you are one of my best mates yeah. and it's, um, it's, it's great. It's hard to get out of, uh, I should be interviewing you. You yeah. kind of, I guess we are just having a chat, aren't we? And catching up. Yeah, yeah. But the five minutes, right? It's, it's come from a lot of experience, but also research. So the mm. experience is, and there's many patients I could bring up here, but there's one in particular I always remember, um, a 42-year-old chap who came in to see me, I don't know, seven years ago maybe now? I can't quite remember exactly when it was, mm. but he was a little bit overweight, mm. struggling with energy, struggling with his mood. You know, a very typical patient that you might see in general yeah. practice. So I chatted to him for a while, and I felt that um, his lifestyle was probably contributing in a huge part to the way he was feeling. But I don't think he was quite aware of what he was doing that was contributing, and also what he could do about it. So we went through a variety of different things. And at the end of it, he really seemed to enjoy and resonate with what I said about strength training. Mm. He said, um, yeah, I'm in doc, strength training, I'm going to do it. I can see all the benefits for it. And what would you like me to do? 40 minutes, three times a week at the gym. And I said, hey, look, that would be absolutely amazing if you can do that. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. And he, and he walks out of the surgery. You know, he's feeling good. He's got a smile on his face and he's full of motivation, mm. right? He comes back a month later at the follow-up and he walks in and I said, hey, look, so um, how are you getting on? And his body language changes. He's, he becomes a bit sunken, his shoulders rolling and he's, he looks a bit sheepish and he says, Hey, Doc, um, I've not actually managed to go yet because you know, work's been really busy. The gym's quite far away from work and my house. It's quite expensive. Um, so I've just not done it yet. And, you know, I remember thinking, I didn't think, why is he not doing what I've asked him to do? I thought, Rongan, you've clearly not given him advice that he feels is relevant in the context of his own life. Mm. And, you know, I took my jacket off and I said, right, I'm going to teach you a strength workout right now where you don't need to join the gym. You don't need to buy any equipment mm. and you don't even need to get changed. He's like, okay. So I went through it with him. Mm. I taught him these it, five moves. Yeah. The kitchen workout. It was, it was, it was, there's, there's a series of one. I mean, that one I, was a I combo. Do one. I do that one. <laughs> well, there's, 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 there's a new one in the book mm. called the classic five, which yeah, I, yeah, I think right. are the best five body weight exercises that one can do without mm. any equipment. And I went mm. through about 50 exercises mm. to mm. come up with those five. Um, what was interesting is that I said to him then, what I'd like you to do is do these, do this five minute workout twice a week in your kitchen. And, um, he's like, what? five minutes twice, well, like, like 10 minutes a week. I said, yeah, can you do that? He goes, yeah, of course I can do that. I said, okay, fine. I'll see you in a month. Mm. So he goes out, like probably a bit bemused that I told him to only do five minutes twice a week. Mm. A month later, he comes back and I say, hey, look, how are you getting on? And he said, dog, I've got to tell you, right? And his body language was different, right? His chest is out. He's standing up straight, right? There's a sort of smile on his face, complete contrast to the mm. month before when he comes back to see me. And he says, mm. Dr. Chastity, I love it. I started off doing it five minutes twice a week, like you mm. told me to. But you know what? I really like it. I love doing it. So now I do it for 10 minutes every evening before my evening meal, mm. right? So this chap now 
And he's been doing that for a number of years now, at least four or five years mm -hmm. after that, he was still doing it. So this guy now does 70 minutes of strength training every week when before he couldn't manage it. And, and there's, a, there's a few little keys in there for me, which is when you make things simple for people and easy, right? They start doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And once they start doing it for a few days, what happens? You start to feel good about yourself, mm. right? It's behavior change on so many levels. It's actually identity change mm. because now he's not the kind of person who can't do a health plan. And he's the kind of person now who can do a health plan. Yeah. Because I said five minutes twice a week and he's done that. Yeah. So he's like, well, hold on a minute. And then he increases it in himself, not because I asked him to, mm. right? but because he wants to. And that's another key point for people is that nobody in the long term will ever, ever do something mm. because somebody else told them to do so. Mm. Right? They might do for a week or two weeks, but long term, you're only going to continue doing something if you've got some degree of ownership on it. Mm. And um, that's, that's one of the examples from patients where this whole five-minute idea was born because I've seen it work yeah. over and over again. And, and, and the fact that he was doing more than you'd initially asked him, you mentioned something called the ripple effect in the book, which we'll come on to. Um, but I'm going to make a confession. I know that works because while you were writing this, you asked me and one of your other friends to try it for two weeks. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. And I tried it and I noticed I felt less tired and a lot stronger. And it was simple stuff that you do on the floor. I remember sort of, I don't know whether I'm allowed to share this, but you sent a video of yourself doing these exercises. <laughs> I probably won't and, share that video on my social media but, um, channels, but I sent you and, uh, our buddy a, a video. It was, it, it, but it was great. It it really worked, you know. Do you remember when you texted me a few weeks after doing that? Yes, yeah, you, I do. You, you yeah. said about your shoulder pain. Yeah, had gone. That yeah. had gone. Yeah. That you yeah. had for years. That's right. By doing the reverse fly, which is in this book. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and, yeah. and you know, we, we mentioned one of our other friends who I won't mention the name because yeah. they don't want to be named. Um, <laughs> we know who he is. We know who he is. <laughs> but I saw him this summer mm. uh, at the beach in Devon. Like, So he was there with his wife and kids. I was there with my family. Mm. And it was a beautiful sunny day. And you didn't um, have one of your races, did you? We didn't have one of our races, <laughs> no. But he he was he was out there on the beach, and I've known this guy for a long, long time. Mm. And actually, I thought, you know, physically he looked really, really good. And I said, Hey mate, what, you know, what have you been doing? You look in great shape. And he turned around to me and he said, like, all I've been doing is your classic five workouts mm. for five minutes every day before I leave work. And he'd been doing that for about two months, mm. right? So I knew our friend really, really well. And just running five minutes a day, every day before he left work, of a body weight strength workout that requires no equipment, mm. I could visibly tell a change in his physique. Amazing. Now look, the book is not necessarily about a physical appearance. No. It's, about, it's about feeling good on the yeah. inside. It's yeah. about... Um, helping your your physical well-being, mental well-being, emotional well-being. Mm. It's about long-term health and longevity. That's that's what this book is about. But but let's be honest, a lot of us like to look a bit better physically mm. as well. And I'm just sharing that because a lot of people would say to get that sort of physique, you'd have to go to the gym mm. for an hour, four times a week. But it's simply not true. We we overly estimate how much we need. To, we, we sort of overly focus on those big unattainable goals and we forget that it's about it's about getting really good at doing the little things, right? Five minutes a day on that strength workouts changed his physique. But not only that, so this guy's a good runner 
and he cycles regularly to work, right? What else has he reported? He says, well, as you want to know, he says that when he cycles to work, he used to have to stop halfway up because he was cycling up a hill. But now he can go the whole way, right? Because the exercises are working on his legs. He's a very good runner. He's now running faster and for longer since doing it. So, you know, I'm just using that as an example to show that this program and this plan is for everyone. Now, it doesn't just focus on the body, right? There are three sections to the book. Yeah, I was just going to come on to that. So it's mind, body, and heart. Tell us a bit about how you came up with that, because that's, I think that just in terms of getting inside your head, why is it those three? Okay. So, okay. Just to rewind back to when I sat down to write this book, Mm. I was thinking, okay, I'm really, really happy with the first two books. Really, really happy with how many people are using them to improve their health and their family's health. But I thought, well, there's a lot of people out there who probably aren't familiar with my work or this kind of approach to health. So how do you make it more accessible to more people? And I was thinking, what is the, what is the, the biggest problem that people tell me when they come and see me in my GP practice? And as we mentioned before, it's time, right? People don't feel as though they've got time, yeah? So I thought, okay, so what, how can I help them understand that they do have time? And I thought about, every patient that I've seen Mm. and what works and what doesn't work. And and it's really consistently, it's about when you make things practical for people, um, not just practical in terms of time, practical in terms of how easy it is to do something. We'll come come Mm. on to that later, no Mm. doubt. Mm. Then people actually make the changes. And before you know it, they're feeling good and they're empowered to keep going. Mm. So I knew I wanted to do it around five minutes Mm. because five minutes is, it's short enough of a time uh, period where you think, yeah, I've got five minutes to do this, but it's also long enough where you actually feel a benefit. Mm. And I think it's trying to get that balance because the only way you're going to keep doing something is when you feel a benefit. Yeah. And so it's, it's, I think it's in that sweet spot uh, from what works with people. Yeah. You, know? you can go lower than that and you can still create habits if you do start with one minute interventions. You really can. Yeah. But for some people, especially when you're trying to write a book that's going to appeal to a lot of people, I think five minutes is the right amount of time uh, for those reasons. But then I also was thinking, okay, I like the idea of five minutes because I've seen that work with patients. But then what actually, how do you get that sort of rounded health approach with five-minute intervals? Mm. Because as we've already mentioned, I don't want to just focus on one area. You know, if you just do five-minute workouts every day, sure, that'll improve your health. But there's other issues going on. And I thought there's issues with our mental health, our physical health, and our emotional health. Right, so how can I, how can I really simplify that down to help people? Mm. And mind is all about doing f- something each day for five minutes that helps you to nourish your mind. Mm. You know, um, we're being bombarded in the twenty first century with messages, with emails, with things to do, with overload that's frankly overpowering and overwhelming our minds, mm. and that is a huge driver behind our stress levels and the mental health problems that exist. So I thought, okay, so I kind of feel all of us need five minutes on our mind each day. Then I thought, okay, well, we know we need to move more, right? Now, movement can be many different things to many different people. But I thought, okay, so five-minute movements um, also works super, super well. And that's really important. Everyone's trying to move more than they already do. But again, a lot of people think they have to go to the gym, 
right? And it's just simply not true. And I'd say to a lot of people, joining a gym is probably the worst thing they can do. Mm. Honestly. Yeah, it's a waste uh, of money for a lot of people. For, for most yeah. people, it is. And actually, if you talk to a lot of gym managers, mm. you know, here's the sad truth about this, is if everyone who joined the gym actually went to the gym, mm. we wouldn't be able to get in. <laughs> I've, I've heard the same, yeah. It, it's, yeah. it, it would be too mm. full to get in. It mm. relies, the whole model relies on people not going. Mm. Right? Mm. So, the body is all about five-minute movements. And every day we should do a five-minute movement. Mm. Now, I've given people options, whether it's a strength workout, a high-intensity interval workout, a yoga flow, a dancing workout, mm. skipping, a playful mm. workout, um, you know, something to work on your posture. Mm. There are so many options there. But the beauty of all of them is they all take five minutes max. And for all of them, you don't need any equipment, mm. right? You don't need to join a gym. You don't even need to get changed. Yeah. Right, so that's the body section. But then I thought, because I got mind and body sorted first, but I thought there's still something missing here, right? That is not complete health. And I was thinking about what is that other component that is, that is vital for health? And this is the final part of the book. And I actually think it's the most important part of the book. And I say that in the book, I actually say, you may be skeptical about this section, mm. but it is the most important section. It's what I've called heart. Mm. It, I, I know exactly what, you mean because when I read it, I it's it's woolly and nebulous in comparison to the first two parts, and much harder to define, isn't it? But but I'm interested to hear what you're going to say because I kind of agree with you, but I couldn't justify why. So it would be great to hear your your view on it. Yeah, well, what is heart? Hearts. Look, you're a medical student. I was a medical student, right? Mm. So we learned about the heart at medical school, but what we learned about it was that the heart is a physical organ. Right, and it pumps blood around the body, and that's its job. Mm. Now, that's one meaning of hearts. But what about the other meaning of hearts that poets and artists have been waxing lyrical about for years? Right? That's got a slightly different meaning. That's about connection. Right? That's about connection with other people, the world around us, our friends, our work colleagues, our partners, our children, but also connection with ourselves. And the reason I think it's more important than any of the other sections is I've found over and over again, when you get that heart piece right, when you get that connection right, mind and body sort of take care of themselves. But you know, when we don't have that connection, hmm. we seek to find it or to, or to compensate for it with a lot of our behaviors, whether that's sugar, whether it's alcohol, um, whether it's you know mindlessly scrolling Instagram in the evening. Hmm. Whatever it is, often I've realized, and it's taken me a long time to realize this and seeing a lot of patients, but often that is the drive. And we are living in a, in a society devoid of connection. You know, we're ultra connected in so many ways, but that's electronic connection. And that's not the same as human meaningful connection. And, you know, I put some stats in the book, right? The feeling of being lonely is very harmful for our health. You know, if you feel lonely, you're 50% more likely to die earlier than someone who doesn't. You're 30% more likely to have a heart attack or a stroke than someone who's not. The feeling of being lonely is thought to be as harmful for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Yeah, that's the study I've seen, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, that, so we can't ignore that. Mm. We can't actually go, oh yeah, we've seen all that, but actually how can I write a health book that I want to help every single person who reads it and their family and their community? Mm. How can I write that and not cover this. You know, if for me, it would be an incomplete health plan to do that. And the, the reality is, there's, there's many great health books out there, 
but one of the things I see over and over again is they, they, a lot of them just focus on one area. And I understand that. And if I was writing books 10 years ago, I might focus on one area. But 20 years of clinical experience teaches me otherwise, and that you have to look at the whole picture um, before you get that response. So, so it's mind, it's body, and it's heart. And there's a lot of five-minute health ops. I call them health snacks in the book. Mm. Now, they're not literally snacks, although one of them is. <laughs> um, they're they're five-minute health snacks, and there's a lot of five-minute uh, heart snacks. And you know, these are these are little five-minute things that you can do often in the evening, whether it's mm. gratitude, whether it's sort of journaling practice. Um, you know, one of my favorites and the one I try and do um, most evenings is something that I call the tea ritual. And the tea ritual is something, as I say, I use it myself, but I also use uh, with many of my patients. And it's really, really simple. The idea is that our relationships are under strain these days. You know, look at the divorce rates. They're going through the roof. Uh, you look, you know, I'm sure in your friend's circle and just talking to patients mm. would you would you agree you know everyone's oh, yeah. struggling with their relationships yeah, absolutely yeah the yeah. connection i mean it's just it's harder i think to to connect because of society and i think just on a tangent you know what your book and what your work does very cleverly is it's like a wobble board on a wobble board on a wobble board you've got these societal factors you've got health and illness but what goes through the middle of them in in the work that you're doing is actually feeling better and living more but you've cleverly done it through these five minute chunks it's you know and you're giving people so many options because one of the things i find is people come in and they go should i eat more turmeric do i need iron you know do i need to join a gym and it's they're overwhelmed whereas actually it doesn't matter is what you're saying in a way i'm I'm saying it doesn't matter a little bit Yeah. yeah um for for most people, it doesn't matter. We and actually, mm. all that information and all that indecision about what we should do is paralyzing, a reason, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. a reason not yeah. to do anything. Yeah. We're paralyzed by choice. So we end up doing nothing. Mm. And you know that's the whole behavior change piece. Which well, let's talk about that a little bit later. Um, but but that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to connect because your brain is just full of information. So you're distracted and you're not present. Yeah, yeah and, and I think that's part of the problem. Uh, I think that's the main part of the mm. problem. I mm. think even when we've got those golden moments with the people that mean the world to us. Mm. You're filming it. Yeah. <laughs> not me, but a lot of people do, don't they? Yeah, you're yeah. filming it. And again, look, just to be clear, we're not having a go at anyone who's doing that, right? <laughs> well, just, I've done it, I do it. Exactly, yeah. we're mm. just reflecting what's mm. going on. Mm. We're, all of us, pretty much at times, we're with the people we love or the people we really care for physically we're there but emotionally we're not mentally we could be a million miles away because we're thinking about our instagram feed or which also sort of half reading emails at the same time and you know what it's like so Mm. what is the tea ritual well the tea ritual is five minutes where you connect each day with somebody who's close to you now for me because i'm married and i find that because we've got two young kids and i'm busy and my wife's busy often Days could go by, and we were like passing ships. You know, you get up, you sort of you're nodding your heads, right? Co-workers, I used to call it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think a lot terrible, of people, isn't it? it is, but a lot of people mm. will resonate with that mm. and connect with that. Mm. And I have found that by having five minutes every day of connection time, it has transformed our relationship. Mm. So the way it works in my house is when the kids are in bed and we've cleaned up the kitchen, which again is something where we've been trying hard to do, so it doesn't when it comes down to the no, place in the morning. It's not a nice morning. job, is it? No, so we do that <laughs> generally together. 
And then before we do anything else, before we go on our devices or, you know, whatever the things that we want to do in the evening individually are, for five minutes, we'll have a little tea ritual. We've got a nice teapot, put the kettle on. Um, we have mint tea in the evening. I was going to uh, ask you, what's your favorite tea? Yeah, it's, it's fresh mint tea yeah, fresh for, mint for a number of reasons. A, it doesn't have caffeine in. B, I love it. It's yeah. tasty. C, it's really, really cheap. You yeah. just buy mint leaves and pop it in. Yeah. It's cheaper than buying herbal teas. It's really good, isn't it? Yeah. And so we'll sit there and we won't have devices. And for five minutes, we sit there and just ask each other about each other's days. Mm. Right? Now listen, Ian, I get it. Mm. It sounds so simple. Mm. 15, 20 years ago, I don't think you needed to have tea rituals. Mm. Right? But what does that do? Just that five minutes of connection each day, you feel closer. Mm. You feel more connected. You're more loving towards each other. You start to feel that you care more mm. for your partner in a way that you've always cared, but it's easy to take people for granted when mm. you're just busy all the time. And I've used that with my patients. If you haven't, I'd recommend you do mm. it because it is so many patients come back yeah. to me and say, Dr. Chachi, that has transformed my relationship. Mm. And that's just one example. There's loads and loads of examples. And why I'm so passionate about this book, Ain, is because mm. I'm just sort of giving you a few examples. There's over 50, I think, examples of five-minute health snacks in the book, yeah. right? But all you've got to do is choose three. Mm. One from mind, one from body, and one from heart. That's the other genius That bit. is it. You that's know, all you have to do. You yeah. don't need, the choice yeah. will not paralyze you. It's great. I mean, and that's, that's the thing that surprised me because I was reading through the health snacks but then you keep reiterating, you only need to pick three. But the menu's enormous, isn't it? I mean, the variety. I mean, even your most pernickety person would find something for them in there. I, That's the great thing. I, I mean, I would be surprised if somebody can read this book and actually go, no, actually, none of this applies to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. because I've always said, even in my first two books, I've said to people when I go around the talk, when, uh, the country, and I give talks and I talk to the public, I say, if there's a recommendation I've, I've made that you don't like, hmm don't do it. Mm. People are shocked when I say that. I'm like, no, no, don't do it. There's, there's loads of options in these books. Yeah. Choose the ones that do speak to you. So if you try, and maybe we can sort of talk about behavior change because this, yeah. this really plays into that. We know long-term, you're only going to stick to doing a behavior if you like doing it. It's very, very rare that people manage to stick to things long-term that they don't like. So I'm saying choose one that you like. Choose one that speaks to you mm. and actually makes your heart sing as you're reading it. Do that one. Yeah. If there's one that you hear me talk about or you read about and you like all the health benefits and you think it might work, but you think, oh, I'm not really sure that's for me, don't do it. Mm. Pick another one. There's so many choices. But when you've picked, stick to the same ones every day. Mm. And why is that? That's to do with how you create a new habit, right? So I use an analogy in the book of toothbrushing, mm. right? So most of us, I think, brush our teeth for two minutes in the morning and two minutes in the evening. So four minutes a day. Now, we're not doing that anymore because our parents told us to do it. Um, we're doing it as a habit. It's a routine. It's become ingrained. It's just ingrained. It's just mm. what you do. And I know that these five-minute health stats can also become ingrained in exactly the same way if you follow the rules of behavior change, mm. right? But unfortunately, we don't follow the rules of behavior change. Unfortunately, look, here's the reality. You could buy, at this time of year, any health book off the shelf, right? Anyone. And if you follow it for two weeks, you'll feel better. 
You will. It doesn't matter what the diet plan is. Mm. If I'm honest, mm. right? If you follow it or the movement plan or whatever, if you manage to stick to it, most of them are going to work. Mm. You, talk, you, you talk about making it stick, don't you? That's what you're exactly. talking about now. Yeah. Exactly mm. what I'm talking about. And there's all there's every few paragraph every few chapters, I've got this theme throughout the book called making it stick. Mm. And there are these one pages mm. where I teach people how do you make this new house stack that you may like, how do you make it stick in your life? Yeah. And I give them you know, make it very actionable, but it all comes from behavior change science. Mm. And one of the ways you do it, I've already mentioned about making it easy, yeah. right? But it's going back to these, these, these health books that will work. Anything can work for two weeks, but what I'm interested in, and what you're interested mm. in as doctor, is what's going to still be working in two months, mm. in two years. Absolutely, yeah. Right? What's going to stop and break this cycle of this new year, new you, market every january right where suddenly everyone's buying health and well-being books mm. and then by february they're sort of on the shelf somewhere after not doing them right i, I very much hope mine don't fall into that category i try my best for them not to and judging from the comments i get and the, the emails and the the messages i think people are using my books throughout the year mm. which which feels amazing to me but i think i really do think this is the most practical of the lot and for someone who's really struggling this is probably one of the most effective health plans I think that they're going to be able to do. Um, so when we talk about behavior change, right? You've got to make it easy. Mm. Right? And let me just draw a contrast um, or a comparison with Amazon. Yeah. Right? So, you know, Amazon, big business, I don't know, probably one of the world's biggest businesses, I'm mm. guessing, in terms of turnover. Now, when Amazon moved to one-click ordering a few years mm. ago, estimates say right? That their profits went up by, I think, two to $300 million a year, mm. right? So why is that? Well, that's because in the past, you had to check your order, go to the next page, confirm that you're happy with it, next page, type in your credit card details, and then for the final time, check again. So maybe three or four steps before you placed your order. It's too hard. Now, mm. before you've even blinked, it says your order will arrive tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, right? buy because, it now. Yeah, so, so the point is, for all of us, our behavior is constantly being changed, yeah. whether we think it is or not, by marketing, by media, by Amazon, mm. by Netflix, mm. right? Netflix roll one um, you know, episode into the next episode. Yeah. Why? Because it's, it's before you know it, you've started watching the second one. Mm. Every time you put an obstacle in the way, it's a reason to say no. If you had to get up from your sofa, go there, switch something on the DVD player or something, it, you, you might be thinking, ah, you know what, maybe I'll go to bed now. <laughs> but before you know it, you started watching again, right? Mm. And I'm not, look, Amazon are doing what they need to do as a business. Netflix are doing what they need to do as a business. Mm. But I'm saying we can use those same tools that businesses use to get you to buy more of their products. We can use the same tools to help us with our health, mm. right? And if you make something easy, you will do it. Mm. And that's why if we talk about those five-minute workouts, for example, that's why every single workout in the book, mm. whether it's a yoga one, whether it's a strength one, whether it's an interval one, requires no equipment, mm. right? You don't need to get any equipment. Mm. You don't need to get changed. You don't need to go to a gym to make it as simple as possible. Like that patient I told you about right at the start, yeah. that's why he did it because there wasn't a reason really to say no. And so I'm trying to help people say, look, I understand behavioral science. I've studied it. I've gone and studied with one of the world's leading experts, BJ Fogg, mm. right? And he's had a look at this. And 
it, it's yeah. it all it was a, it was a beautiful meeting actually when I met BJ because he he looked at it and he and I'm really delighted that he he loved it. But he, he said, "What's really interesting for me, Rongen, is that you've got 20 years clinical experience, and your clinical experience has come to the same conclusion as my 20 years of research." Mm. And it, it was really nice. I mean, he's well, he's the only name I know in behavior change actually. And actually, there's a quote about your book from him that I've got here, which is high praise indeed. So this is what BJ Fogg says about Feel Better in Five. It says, a superb guide to making lasting change in your life and one of the best habit change programs I've ever seen. Deceptively simple, but remarkably effective. How does that make you feel? You know, I have, um, I've looked up to BJ and his work for years. and I know that he is the world's leading expert in human behavior. A lot of the uh, books that people buy on habit change, whether it's Nir Eyal or James Clear, these guys have all gone and studied with BJ. You know, Instagram, I think, was founded in his Stanford yeah. class. You know, he set his students a um, a challenge. to. He said, I think he said that photo sharing is going to be big in the future. Mm. Um, and so I want you guys to create an idea and an app that utilizes that. And he's got the mark sheet that he gave to Instagram. And I think he, he gave a high commendation. I think he said something like, yeah, it's got a very high chance of success this. He was right. <laughs> he, he was right. And so to have that sort of praise from him, mm. of course, it's very humbling. It's, yeah. um, you know, of course, on a personal level, it makes me feel good. Mm. You know, it's nice to hear that. Yeah. Um, but it also just, it almost reinforces my belief that this is one of the most effective health programs out there. Mm. Right? It really is. And it's deceptively simple. I think he's, he's nailed it. It is deceptively simple. Yeah. Right? You might think five minutes. Come on, you know, mm. it's got to be harder than that. It's not. If you get good at doing five minutes every day, that's where the magic happens. That's when things start to change. Right? And, 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 and it's, you know, if every single person in this country mm adopted the Feel Better and Fine program. So basically spent five minutes each day on their mind, five minutes on their body, and five minutes on their heart. I guarantee we would have a healthier and a happier society. Mm. I, I think you're right. And I want to come on a little bit later about your, your visions for the future, but I'm going to spring that on you later on. But one of the things I, I really like about this, in the beginning of the book, you said, look, you know, all I want is 15 minutes of your time a day. And what's really nice is that you don't sort of scold the reader and you don't, you know, you're not saying, look, you know, you probably spend more than 15 minutes a day planning your shopping, but you don't spend it on your health. But that is the reality for a lot of people. And, you know, it, the, the fact it's so accessible and that 15 minutes a day is so effective because it's cumulative, isn't it? It's it, almost invisible. But, but as I found when I was trying what you suggested – literally after a week you you notice the benefits and so it just makes you carry on it sort of sucks you in doesn't sucks it sucks you in it's that yeah. easy that it sucks you in and before yeah. you know it you're doing it regularly well let's look at that another way if i asked you right to drink a sugary fizzy drink for five minutes a day continuously every day hmm. right you'd soon figure out it's not hard for you to understand that within days you're going to feel tired hmm. a bit groggy you're not going to sleep so well Bloated. become a bit moody hmm. yeah. right? but just five minutes a day, mm. right? So, so the point is we don't think of good habits in the same way as we think of bad habits. If I asked you to smoke a cigarette for five minutes continuously every day, mm. it wouldn't surprise you if within a few days you start to cough a little bit mm. and, you know, you're bringing up mucus, 
and you're not feeling so good, right? So we, we, we've been conditioned in a way that we, we think, we know that bad habits add up very quickly, but we don't look at good habits in the same way. We think, oh no, good habits have got to be deprivation. We've got to stop doing things. We've got to go and punish ourselves at the gym. You know, we've got to stop eating the foods that we like eating. Well, hold on a minute. Who said it's got to be that hard? Yeah. That's where we've gone wrong. We've been so reductionist uh, uh, around the way we look at health, mm. right? Health is not that complicated. And I literally have tried my best to make it as simple as mm. possible in this book. And, I, you know, a couple of months ago, I read the audiobook and I, I'd had two months away from it. Yeah. And, uh, you, you need that distance away from it sometimes because after a while of writing and editing, you don't know you don't know what you're saying mm. anymore. And I had a couple of months off away from it. Um, went to the studio to read the audiobook. And I gotta say, I was really pleased actually. I was really, really pleased because I have put a lot of work into this book. It's pr- probably the hardest book I've written. You know. I can see, I can see why it would be. It's yeah. <laughs> to make something this simple is incredibly challenging Mm. like you've got to know what to leave out what is the essence of health Mm. what is the absolute essence that people need to know that's going to help them Mm. and when i read it i was like you know what i really think this is a really rounded very approachable very accessible book and i'd like to think that a lot of people who maybe didn't feel my first two books were relevant for them I'd like to think that they're mm. going to pick it up and start to access the same benefits people have had from previous books. But yes, I also think it's absolutely relevant for the readers of the first two books as well, because I think it's going to make those ideas in the first two books simpler for people to apply mm. in their everyday lives. There's a couple of things I want to pick up on. The first is I want to talk a bit more about the ripple effect, because it's something I see a lot in practice as well. And you touched on it just now, uh, and we were talking about how once people feel better, they're more likely to continue with behaviours. But there are knock-ons, aren't there, to feeling better in one way and how it filters into other areas of your life. I mean, I I had a patient who felt so much better from changing their diet. They actually wanted to end up becoming a health coach. So they changed profession. I mean, that's like a mega ripple effect, isn't it? But do you, I mean, do you see that yourself a lot in practice? 100%. Mm. Um, I mean, just like you, I think to be a good GP, to be a good generalist, Mm. you have to be able to read people. Mm. Um, you have to be able to pick up on those nonverbal cues and really sort of, frankly, to be a good communicator of any sort, you need to be able to do that. But in our jobs as GPs, the better you can do that, the better you can come up with the most appropriate plan or idea for that patient in front of you. Mm. Because 10 people can come in to see you with the same condition or the same complaints, Mm. but we might come up with 10 different ways of addressing it, Mm. depending on who that person is and what their beliefs are. Mm. And so I think if you can start people off with something that they like and they start to do it consistently mm. without realizing that they start to do other things in other aspects of their life that you didn't even ask them to do, as yeah. I've called it in the book, the ripple effects, because that's the kind of the hidden secret behind these five minutes. Mm. Yes, it's about five minutes, but it's not as well. Yeah. Right? The five minutes are the gateway mm. into everything else. You just need an entry point, really, don't you? You need an entry point. Yeah. That's something you like, something you resonate with. You do it consistently at the same time every day. And that's really important. Mm. And it will lead to other things. Just taking a quick break to give a shout out to Vivo Barefoot, who are bringing you today's show. 
Now, I've been wearing and recommending Vivo Barefoot shoes for over nine years, well before they started supporting my podcast. And they really have transformed my own life, as well as that of my family, many of my friends, and a lot of my patients. I've seen so many benefits when people start to wear minimalist shoes like Vivo's. I've seen improvements in back pain, hip pain, knee pain, foot pain, even things like plantar fasciitis, as well as a general increased enjoyment of movements because simply walking around in minimalist shoes makes you much more mindful of the experience as you feel more connected to the ground beneath your feet. Now, Vivo Barefoot shoes are really, really comfortable. They are the only shoes that my wife and I wear and the only shoes that I get for my children. If you have never tried them before, I really would encourage you to give them a go. It's completely risk-free to do so because they offer a 100-day trial for new customers. So if you're not happy, you can send them back for a full refund. They offer a great range of shoes for kids and adults and for every activity from hiking to training to everyday wear. For listeners of my show, if you go to vivobarefoot.com forward slash live more, they are giving 20% off as a one-time code for all of my podcast listeners. Terms and conditions apply. To get your 20% off code, simply go to vivobarefoot.com forward slash live more. I mean, I'd love to hear, you know, and from you mm. a little bit, mm. um, even though you're interviewing me, I just think <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw something back at you. Yeah. You know, from the things that I've said so far, mm. um, you know, you're a doctor with over 20 years experience mm. and, you know, you had a flick through the book last night. Mm. Um, from what I've said so far, mm. I mean, what's speaking to you? I mean, does any of this resonate with your own experience as a doctor in terms of helping people make positive changes? Yeah, com completely. I mean, I think the first thing is the biggest barrier is time. No one has time these days to do anything. And health has become something that is largely reactive. People tend to come to the GP when they're not feeling well. And there's a difference in people who, well, there's people who feel well or think they feel well. There's people who suddenly become very ill and might need hospital care. And then there's this group in the middle who gradually find themselves not feeling so well so they're not suddenly ill and i think a lot of us are in that middle category and this book is perfect for for, for all of those people but it just speaks to most people that walk into my room i think because there is something in here that everyone could do and it doesn't matter you know time is not an excuse i think that's the great thing about this because everyone's got 15 minutes you've got 15 minutes to scroll Instagram. So surely you've got 15 minutes to do something that is going to help your health in the long term, but it doesn't appear to be stealing too much time. You know, that's, that's the sort of clever that's the balance. Of that's, yeah. that's the yeah. secret. And, you know, I'm all about personalization. Mm. I believe in personalized mm. medicine. I believe yeah. that, you know, an individual has got to have the right plan mm. that works for them. Mm in terms of their cultural beliefs, in terms of their lifestyle, in terms of what their family is doing around them. You know, it's got to work for them. Yeah. Otherwise, it would be limited. And I'm allowing people with this plan to mm. personalize it. Here's, here's 50 options, yeah. right? Choose one from each of the three sections and do the same three every day at the same time. Mm. And I guarantee within days, you'll feel mm. like a different person. And I'm allowing people to choose. Mm. Now, the reason I say once you've chosen 
do the same one. Mm. I think it's a really, really important point because every single one of those 50 health stats in the book has a benefit, mm. right? So you could start to get paralyzed by choice and start reading through them and go, well, yeah, okay, I love that five-minute breathing exercise. Yeah. I love that five-minute meditation. Oh, I love five minutes of accessing flow state each morning with a coloring in journal. I love five minutes of journaling. Which one should I do in minds, right? Because yeah. <laughs> they've all got yeah. benefits. Just pick them, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, first of all, I gave people an option to say, look, if mm. the choice is becoming overwhelming, mm. I've got this really nice double page mm. in it where I say yeah. how to get less and how to get more. So if you've got a problem, like if you want to get less anxiety, or you're suffering with depression mm. or with type 2 diabetes. Yeah, I love that. So you've got you've kind of like listed preferences for well, I've said what you think. I would recommend these yeah. three. Yeah. Because I get it. For some people, it's gonna to be too much. Yeah. And I'm gonna be like, okay, look, if you want to know where to start, mm. here's a guide. I, yeah. I have found with previous patients that if you have anxiety, do five minutes, I think, on uh, breathing, five minutes of a particular type of exercise, and five mm. minutes of gratitude, yeah. for example. Yeah. If you want if you don't feel you've got a health problem, but you know what? You want to run faster at the weekends. Mm -hmm. There's also a plan for you how to get more athletic performance instead mm -hmm. of increasing your focus, improving various things for your endurance. Yeah, yeah. If you want to increase your longevity, right? I've, I've, I've actually picked three for you. So I've, 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 allowed, I've given people those options if they want it. But if mm -hmm. you don't want that, that's fine. Pick the three that mm -hmm. work for you. Now, two things you've got to remember. Most of what we do in any given day is not conscious choice. Mm. It's habit, mm. right? So Duke University did a study and I think they found that 56% of what we do in any given day is habit. Mm. So we give ourselves far too much credit that we're actually deciding what we do on any given day. No, we're mm. not. Most of it is habit. Mm. So the way you make a new behavior turn into a long-term habit, mm. right, is you stick it on to, to an existing, existing habit. Yeah. Right? right, you piggyback it mm. onto it because you're already doing the other habit without thinking about it. Yeah. That's by definition what a habit is, right? Yeah. And so you're making it much more likely that you're going to do it in the long term. Mm. So what are these things? That's why that kitchen workout works so well. Yeah, it's brilliant. People really are in good. their kitchen, mm. right? Because you're waiting, aren't you? You're waiting. You're doing something. So yeah. yeah, kettle to boil. Mm. You know that is a prime, prime one for so many of us. Certainly here in the UK, we love a cup of tea in the morning or a cup mm. of coffee. For many people, for many of my mm. patients. One of the first things they do in the morning is go downstairs or go to a different room mm. and put the kettle on. Mm. That is a brilliant habit yeah. to stick on a new behavior. And for a number of years, when I had, how can I put it? But if an unhealthy relationship with caffeine and coffee, I should say. <laughs> uh, been there. Yeah. yeah, and it's something I've, I've, I've you know, I, I've certainly been working on it and reduced dramatically. Mm. Um, but when I did, you know, I would go and weigh out my coffee. Mm. I'd put it in the French press. And I'd put the timer on for four minutes. Yeah. Right. During those four minutes, I would do a body weight strength workout. Mm. Right. So for about three years, mm. I never missed a day of doing a strength workout. Mm. Why? I was never going to miss my morning cup of coffee, mm. which meant mm. I was never going to miss my strength workouts. Yeah. And it's trying to find these little pockets in the day where you can fit in one of these five-minute health snacks. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why you want to do it at the same time every day if possible. So mm. those are a couple of options. I mean, it could be, for example, when you come home from work, like, mm. I don't know about you. First thing I do when I come home from work is I take off my smart clothes mm. and put on some comfy clothes, mm. like a t-shirt and some jogger bottoms, mm. right? Yeah. So that's another 
what I call a transition point where you can stick in a five-minute health snack. Mm. So if when you come in through your front door, you go into your bedroom to change your clothes, right? You know, if you want to do a five-minute yoga flow, then you can leave your yoga mat there. Mm. So you're, you're prompted with a visual trigger every time you come back from work. Mm. Oh, you know what? Before I go into the kitchen, before I get involved with anything else or mm. unwind in any other way, let me just do my five minutes of yoga. Making it easy again. You make mm. it easy. Mm. And then what happens? What you Bringing back the ripple effect, if you, if you come back from work stressed, mm. right? Like many of us Not do. Not uncommon, yeah. <laughs> Not uncommon at <laughs> all. And the first thing you do when you're coming through the door is do a five-minute workout of some sort, whether mm. it's a five-minute yoga flow or a five-minute HIIT workout, mm. right? You're going to burn off mm. some of that stress because fundamentally what the body stress response does is it primes us for physical activity. Yeah. It primes us to run away from a lion, mm. right? So if you can burn off that stress energy it's going to change your evening mm. you're going to be more present with your children with your partner mm. with your friends you're going to be less inclined to drink maybe as much alcohol as you might have done because you process some of that stress mm. so these are just little options gratitude if you want to do gratitude before you go to bed mm. right you've got to leave a gratitude journal next to your bed a journal mm. that you like with a pen sounds simple right but if you don't what's going to happen you're going to go to bed one night feeling a bit tired Oh, you know what, the journal's, oh, the journal's downstairs, pens, oh, forget it. Before you know it, you're not doing it anymore, yeah. right? So I have literally outlined all these little tips on how you make these habits mm. stick. But the reason why you want to do the same habit each day, because let's say mm. on a body workout, you're yeah. like, well, I like, I like a strength workout. I like a high-intensity interval workout. I like a yoga flow, right? Well, the reason why initially, at least, you should stick to the same ones it's because you want to remove decision-making. Mm. You want to remove procrastination. Mm. So if you come back from work and think, okay, you know, I get it. I'm going to do my five-minute workout every day when I come home from work before I play with my kids or before I do anything else. If each day you have to decide, um, well, should I do strength today? Oh, you know what? Maybe I should do a bit of yoga. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to do an interval workout today. Mm. Or maybe I should do dancing. Before you know it, you've wasted energy and cognitive yeah. energy yeah. trying to figure it out and you end up doing nothing. Yeah. So I say, it doesn't matter what you choose. Mm. Just choose. You want to remove that interference. You've got to remove you? that interference. Yeah. Now, yeah. when you get really good and drilled in mm. after a few months, sure, if you want to change it about, mm. fine. Mm. But don't do that initially follow the rules of behavior change. Yeah. Don't get, I wouldn't say too cocky. Don't get too sure too quickly, right? Yeah. There is a certain way mm. that human beings make behavior. Mm. Amazon know what it is. Mm. Advertisers know what it is, mm. right? It's what makes us tick. It's what makes mm. us tick. Yeah. And I've literally put those secrets, as it were, in this book. It's, it's all, it underpins the whole mm. program is behavior science. Yeah. And that's why it does work. And I think that's why BJ Fogg gave such a lovely, um, a lovely yeah. recommendation. Well, I, I'd like to sort of ask you what I did last year. So what is in store for you and for this in the next year? And not just the next year, we're at the end of the decade. Let's imagine we're sitting here and it's nearly 2030, 10 years time. We're in the same, we're having the same sort of conversation what does the world look like then? And how has your work impacted it? I'm not asking big questions, don't you? <laughs> yeah. There's no point otherwise. Is there? But I think, I think, you know, genuinely, because I think, I think this is much needed at the moment, you know, and I, I see it because I'm at the coalface. 
And I think it's very easy for people who, because I, I know you've said this to, to me before, where someone stopped you in the street after you'd written your first book and said, you know, what's the big deal? It's like, eat, move, sleep, relax. I mean, so what? You know, like it was like <laughs> something that they could have just pulled out of their backside. But But the point is that, you know, it, it's a very hard book to write and people don't understand. And I think particularly, you know, people in the, the medical or scientific community who, who whose radar's really not involved in this because their jobs and their roles are sort of so deep dive that they kind, they kind of don't quite get this and it's all a bit woolly. Um, but actually even a lot of them have been, I, I wouldn't say converted because that makes it sound like there's some sort of cult thing about this and there isn't because it's all based on, you know, proper science, and you've managed very cleverly, I think, to distill it down. But how can I'm more interested in the sort of knock on ripple effect? Because one of the things I notice is if I gave this book to a friend of mine, and it had a massive effect on them, you can bet your bottom dollar it'd have a massive effect on their friend, because suddenly they'd think, you know, just like you said about our mutual friend in Devon, it's like, wait a minute, you look ripped, you know, and that that sort of triggers something. It's what I call friendly jealousy, and that's another way of changing your behaviours. You see that your friend suddenly looks fantastic and think, I want a bit of that. How can you leverage that, you know, in terms of what's in this book and looking ahead for a year and then 10 years? Yeah, look, um, I think you touched on quite a few really, really important points there. Um, I guess for the next year to start there, what I would love to see for you know the Feel Better and Fine program mm. is that it gets widely adopted by everyone. Mm. And what I mean by that is it's deceptively simple, but every single person in this country would benefit from spending five minutes a day on their minds, five minutes a day on their body, and five minutes a day on their hearts. Right? So if everyone adopts that, we're going to very quickly have a happier, healthier, more productive society. Right? So I would love people who buy the book and who are finding it beneficial, I'd love them to share that with their family and their friends, whether it's telling them, whether it's putting it on social media, you know, and, and actually let's try and engage that ripple effect to get this idea out to more people, right? I'd love to see this idea in schools. I'd love to get this, this idea of five minutes for your mind, five minutes for your body, five minutes for your heart into every single school in the United Kingdom. Right? Mm. Schools are facing unprecedented levels of stress and anxiety, mental health worries. Right? Many teachers have contacted me following my work. I'd love to try and help schools um, by developing some resources if I can. It's just about time and getting people to help me. Yeah. But I think this plan is the perfect plan. It's the perfect blend of effectiveness and practicality. Every school could fit it into their busy curriculum. You mm. know, every, a teacher listening to this, I hope they think, you know what? When I talk to the headmaster or headmistress of my school, I say, well, why don't we adopt this? Why don't we have this idea? Five minutes of mind, five minutes of body, five minutes of heart. It's so simple. Mm. It's almost too simple. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's almost too simple. Mm. Almost, we've been conditioned to think it's got to be harder than that. Mm. No, it doesn't, right? Because when we think it's got to be harder than that, we end up doing nothing. We end up saying, oh, we can't do anything. You know, there's nothing we can do. It's too hard. It's not that hard. We've all got five minutes. So mm. schools... You know, I'd love the NHS, the, the, the staff 
you know, 53% of NHS staff, I think, are overweight or obese. That's a stat from about five or six years ago. Mm. It's probably higher than that now. Yeah. Right? What if this was taught in medical schools? What if, as part of our well-being, this concept became something that we all think about in our own lives? You know, in the evening, God, have I done five minutes on mind, five minutes of body, five minutes of heart today? Mm. If I haven't, well, maybe I can do it. Mm. Right? So I'd love this very simple but effective idea to spread, hopefully like wildfire, into businesses, into supermarkets, into schools, into hospitals, right? Um, I'd love pharmacists mm. to give this advice to their patients. Say, hey, look, when people are coming in and say, hey, look, have you thought about some things for your lifestyle? Or, you know, to the pharmacist, I don't have time. You know, I'd love to see when I'm busy. Say, hey, have you, mm. what about five minutes? What if, you, what if you try and find five minutes to do each day at the same time? Yeah. Right? So, I would love, yeah, you know, I would, I really would love this idea to, to get to politicians, right? It doesn't have to be that hard. And, yeah. and, and on that, what I will say is that we know that there is a huge socioeconomic component to health, right? If you live in a deprived area, your health outcomes are going to be significantly worse than if you live in an affluent middle-class area. Now, that's not something any of us should feel comfortable with mm. in society, right? But that is going on. And there's many reasons for that. You know, poverty, lack of time, potentially a different education and health understanding. There's many, many reasons, different pressures. I totally get that. And I've worked like you mm. in deprived communities, mm. But why I still think that this program will work, even in those communities, right, is because I think every, I think pretty much all of these 50 plus health stats in the book, I think they're all free. Mm. You know, maybe one or two of them might require a bit of money, mm. but most of them are completely free. Yeah. So in theory, they are accessible and available to everyone. Mm. The cost is your time, but it's not much time. That's the, the cost is thing. your time. Yeah. You know, and as doctors, we're passionate that we want to we want to be able to give information out to people that helps everyone. Mm. Yes, the CEO of a company, but also a single mum on benefits, mm. right? And I have used this approach with my patients when I worked in Oldham for seven years mm. in a very uh, in a very poor area with a lot of uh, my patients on benefits, and it still works. It helps them reduce the stress in their life, helps mm. them feel better about themselves. This plan builds self-esteem, right? If life is tough, mm. but you've still got that self, I won't say discipline, you've still got enough respect for yourself mm. to give you five minutes in each of these three hours every day. You know what? You become more resilient to the world around you. Mm. So look, I think the sky's the limit with this. I really think this plan and this idea, yeah. I don't think it's out there. As I say, look, I read a lot of health books. I haven't seen, I, I personally, you know, haven't seen a health book that yeah. really tackles health in this way. So I think it's very new yeah. as an idea. Uh, someone told me actually, he said, Wrong, this feels a bit almost like a recipe book when you choose your favorite three recipes. Well, it has got the word menu in it, hasn't it? Yeah, ex Is exactly. It? Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, in terms of my hope, I really feel that there's huge benefit and potential mm. um for this idea yeah i i totally agree and i and there's two things i'd like to say the first is that i would like because as you know at work we're trying to do a bit more staff well-being and it's challenging because we, we're at the coalface and we're so busy and some days you literally 
take a deep breath and you're glad that you made it to the end but i really want to try this on our staff if that's all right and and if it if it's not too much trouble next time you come and stay if you could pop in and say hi to them all just to check that we're doing it doing it properly that'd be great and and the other thing is just to say i think you know the work you're doing is really important i am convinced you know anyone who's listening to this and reads the book will realize that it has so much to offer and i think it you know it cannot not filter into those areas like schools and the nhs and you know you know as as you say everyone can benefit from yeah this, i think so know? and aim mm. to, to take it back to what you asked me at the start mm. if you are an 80 year old mm. right or um you know a couple in their 70s wanting to do something proactive for your health and you know i think if your parents want to think of that you mm. know i think this plan would benefit your parents mm. right this plan is also going to benefit teenagers the rules of good health are always the same. And I really think that mind, body, heart uh, way of simplifying it really gives us that complete mental health, physical health, emotional health. It's all there. Now, I've, I've got a question for you, right? So when I sent you and our unnamed friends <laughs> that WhatsApp video, I'm saying, guys, you've got to do this workout, right? Mm. Um, and, I, and I did a video of how you mm. do all the moves. Mm. So... You guys have taken a slightly different approach. Mm. So our friend has done it every day pretty mm. much since then, yeah, yeah, every work yeah. day, right? Now you started doing it yeah, yeah. and were experiencing benefit. You'd had this shoulder niggle for ages, <laughs> which you haven't got rid of. And then this yeah. is getting you better and feeling good. Yeah. So I'm interested as to what happened. When were you doing it, first of all? Yeah, so I was doing it as ad hoc. So I hadn't stuck it onto an existing habit. That was part of the problem. There you go. Um, and once the shoulder pain had gone, I thought, oh, I'm sorted. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, and, and, you know, and, and I think, but I could see, and I, and, and I think I think what I love about this, and I don't want to demean this book in any way, but it's a very, you know, you and I way of thinking. It's like a almost, it's not quite a book of health cheats, but it sort of is because it's giving you good long-term health and making you feel better in the now with 15 minutes a day, you know, and that is what people want. If you had to write a book on health cheats or health hacks, this is it really, but it's substantial. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I could, and I think I was, I was doing it in a way to sort of report back to you whether it was going to help and like an idiot, I should. I mean, I still do bits of it, but not all of it. Yeah, so. but mate, look, look, look. The point here is that it's not about you know exposing you or this is this is human nature, right? We've it's all like done that. And, no, no, no. <laughs> we, we've all done that, right? In various parts in our life, we, we've yeah. gone and done things. As soon as we feel better, we stop doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I find it super interesting. But mm. as as I said earlier on, mm. the reason why most of the time when we start a new behavior, yeah. it doesn't turn into a habit. Mm. Right, it's because we don't follow the rules of behavior yeah. change, and you, 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 you've absolutely, you've ampli- you, you know, you beautifully demonstrated that. Yeah, yeah. That if you do not stick it on to an existing habit, mm. you are dramatically reducing the likelihood yeah. of you being able to do it in the long term. Yeah. And if you know, we're so busy these days. If you think, oh, when I've got time today, mm. I'm going to do my five minutes body and my five minutes mind. You know what? Yeah. You ain't ever going to get time. But it, it just reminds me as well. I mean, sometimes when you see, when you meet someone for the first time, and I think this is much more evident when you're younger, and you think that someone is a little bit eccentric because they always do something at a particular time of day, and actually they're not. They've just 
mastered their own behavior change it's like well i always sing a song in the car on the way to dropping my kids off to school because that's just how they roll do you know what i mean yeah and i think you've just got to find your own you've got to find how you roll yeah exactly you've got you've got to use this as a menu and go well which of these menus is going to work for me going to make me feel good And, and can i say the other thing right this is a fun plan yeah right yeah it's not only about simplifying health, it's about making it fun. Yeah. Right? We've got this idea that you know, your health's a bit boring. Right? Really? Why does it have to be boring? You know, we if we can have fun. And and I would argue not only there's can se- it be there's a section on play, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Not, not only can yeah. health be fun, yeah. health has to be fun. Mm. If health is not fun, mm. right? I just don't see what is the point. Mm. How is it going to help you in the long term unless it's something you enjoy? Mm. And I really feel that, you know, as I was writing it, not only was I thinking, keep it simple, keep it simple, make sure you stay on message, don't get lost in more and more studies, right? The studies are all there in my first and second book. This is about simplicity, right? But also keep it fun. And and one of the things I think people are going to really like is the five minutes of dancing. Yeah, the dancing. Right, because, <laughs> nice. again, who says you've got to go to the gym? A lot of people like to dance, right? You want to move your body. And there's a great case study about that in the book, yeah, yeah. about this uh, mum and her mm. 16-year-old daughter. Yes, yeah, yeah. But it's start with dancing for five mm. minutes a day, same time every day, maybe before dinner. Mm. That counts as movement. You do that every day consistently, you're going to feel better. You're going to be laughing. You're going to mm. connect with people around. You're going to have more energy. The ripple effect is going to fire in very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, Put so, some cooking music on. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I think all these things are useful. Even hearing how, you know, and, you know, I will also acknowledge that when I, because I've, I've gone through phases here of not having any caffeine at all, mm. and I felt great, actually, when I've kicked the caffeine. Really, really good. Um, but then initially, I wouldn't do my strength workout anymore. I know, it's because, weird, isn't it? Because <laughs> I did it whilst the coffee was brewing. Yeah. So I've had to find... Another habit to... Exactly a new way. And mm. here's the other thing, right? I'll say, just so people know that this really can work for all of us, no matter whether we're working shifts, what, whatever our family life is, whatever our, our, our lifestyle mm. is. Those three health snacks that I've asked people to do five days a week, I even give people weekends off if they want, mm. right? Mm. If you want, you can do what I do, which is I get up in the morning and I do five minutes of mind, five minutes of body, five minutes of heart. So within 15 minutes of waking up, up in the whole plan. And I know for the rest of the day, mm. I don't need to worry because I've already done it. Now, what actually happens when you do that is it bleeds into the rest of your day. You end up doing more behaviors later in the day because you've already done it, even though that's not a requirement, mm. right? But if you don't want to do it, then that's fine. If you want to do mind in the morning, body at lunch, and heart in the evening, that's fine as well. If you want to do all three in the evening, that's fine. It's, it's flexible. Mm. It's flexible. Mm. We can personalize it. We can take ownership. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I hope giving people a framework mm. and then people can use that framework and personalize it for them. Yeah. You know, I'd love, you know, I'd love you to do it with your kids. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm. I, wouldn't it be amazing, right? You're a dad like mm. me. Mm. You think about your own kids and think about what teachers taught you about both in the, in the practice, but also, you know, at the playground or at school. Like, can you imagine what it would be like if every school made sure that whilst the child was at school, while the teenager was at school, at some point within the curriculum every day, they spent five minutes on mind, five minutes on body, five minutes of heart. Can you mm. imagine mm. the transformative effect that yeah. would have? Yeah, I, I think it's essential in a way. I mean, the number of 
young people I see who are broken, you know, in one way or another is, is, is astonishing. And I think just by putting in these simple interventions that are almost not noticeable in a way because they're so straightforward is, is just a great way to prevent that. Yeah. One of the other things I think that is really relevant for people when they're starting off or embarking on a health journey is that they overestimate motivation and willpower. Mm. Right. They, they make a plan based upon their perfect day when there's no stress in their life, mm. when they've slept for eight hours, when they've been working out regularly and they're feeling good. Say, so, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this health plan. Mm. Right? But A, that's not real life. And B, it doesn't acknowledge or take into account the fact that motivation and willpower run out, mm. right? There's something that BJ Fogg taught me about is the motivation wave, mm. right? Motivation doesn't stay high forever. And he talks about this idea of, um, well, he, his work suggests... It's the three things, isn't it? Yeah, his yeah. work says yeah. that for, in order to do any behavior, you need three things to come together at the same time. Motivation, ability, and trigger, mm. right? And if we just start with motivation and ability, Motivation is how motivated you are to do a certain behavior. Ability is how easy is it to do a certain behavior. And they've got a very unique relationship with each other. So when your motivation is high, if a task is really difficult to do, you'll still do it, hmm. right? Classic is January the 1st, people's motivation is through the roof. If the gym is 40 minutes away and they have to buy some equipment and they have to sit in traffic together, they will go right? Motivation's high, so they will do a difficult task. But when your motivation is low, you will only do a certain behavior if it's easy, right? So two weeks on, middle of January, when actually you're back in the grind mm. and actually your motivation is not quite as high as it was on the first day of 2020, yeah. actually, what, well, sit in traffic and get to the, oh, forget it, right? So you've got a plan for when your motivation is low. And that's what this plan does. It, it, it knows that motivation is going to get low. Mm. And I say to people, right, use the motivation. When you first look at the book, right, or any book for that matter, mm. your motivation is probably quite high. That's why you've got it. Use that motivation wave. Use the high motivation to pick the three things that you're going to do. If there's a workout in there, use the motivation to learn the workout. So that actually after a few days, you don't need to look at the book right? So that actually when your motivation does drop and you're knackered and you're stressed out and you know, you've got back late from work, right? You don't need motivation because it's easy. Because it's automatic. It's automatic. Mm. You don't need motivation yeah. to brush your teeth. Mm. Well, you do when you're a kid, you know, <laughs> yeah. but you don't need to do that as an adult yeah. because you know, it's just, it's just what you do. It's mm. part of your daily routine. It's part of that 56% that you mm. do each day. Mm. Let's get these things into that 56% as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all I'd say is I absolutely love it. I think it will change lots of people's lives, as have your first two books. Um, I think everything I read that you put out is is really the essence of what you're about. It, you can really feel that distillation of 20 years of of knowledge and experience. And, and that, I think that clinical experience is so important because, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here that's based on research, but actually people who are seeing patients day in, day out are the ones that know what make people tick. And all of that is in here. And I wish you the best of luck with it. And, and I hope it's another bestseller. One thing I've got to ask you, on page 251, are those your real slippers? <laughs> 
I've got them here. Look, like, like show me. Oh, the, the pictures are gorgeous. But they are not my slippers on page two fifty one. I'm gutted. They look they look legendary, but um, I can I can get you comfy. a pair. <laughs> I can get you a pair if you want. Oh no, I'm disappointed now. No, Actually, it was a question from home, so I was just uh, <laughs> was a question from the kids or from uh, from your wife. Might have been, might have been. I'm might have been. Anymore, <laughs> I think it's an important question. Yeah. <laughs> an important question. But that, I guess that's been one of the, the fun things for us is just we get to catch up and have a yeah. bit of a laugh. And I don't think we've been too silly today, have we? No, no, not silly enough. But once, you know, once once the, the cameras are cut, we can uh, go and have some fun. Go and have some fun, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it's, it's been amazing chatting to you. And um, yeah, thanks very much for coming in. It's just, it's been brilliant. Um I'm just going to throw it back to you right at the end here. Oh, mate, don't. Go on. So <laughs> I, I do, I think there's loads of tips in there. Yeah. Right? But as you know, I thought you were going to ask me this actually, but you didn't. So I'm going to throw it to you. Um, uh... As you know, it's called Feel Better, Live More. When we feel better mm. in ourselves, we get more out of mm. our lives. Mm. And I always love to leave um, the listeners with some actionable tips. Right, like okay. things that they can think about doing. I can see the pressure <laughs> mounting on your face now. <laughs> There's so many. There's so the things many. that they can do in their own yeah. life immediately yeah. to improve the way that they feel. Now, it doesn't have to be related to what mm. we've spoken about. It can be. Yeah. But anything, I mean, you you are a damn good clinician yourself. You get amazing feedback from your patients. It's clear to me and your friends why that is. You've got a lot of really interesting ideas on health. Mm. And again, you've got a proven track record of getting people better over and over again. So I would love... Mm for you to share, Ian Panja, some of your top tips for the listeners of my podcast. Um, I think you've summed it up in the last hour. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's interesting because we've talked a lot about behaviour change and that to me is something that doctors don't talk about enough. So I don't want to talk about, you know, I'll drink more water and, you know, because all that stuff is logical and, and, and people know that stuff. What I would say is is try and understand what makes you tick. So in terms of behavior change, you know, there are so many categories. I've done, I've had one myself recently, so I've given up caffeine. And if you'd asked me six weeks ago whether I thought I could live without coffee, I would say no way because I'd, I love the smell of it, the taste of it, making it, you know, and in every morning, you know, like an addict almost, I would get down the stairs and the first thing I would do is put the kettle on. And how I managed to stop that was what I call a happy accident. So I forgot to have it one morning and I'd got to the end of the afternoon and thought, I haven't had any caffeine today. And I thought, but I feel okay. Maybe I'll try it tomorrow. And I felt fine the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And actually I feel better off it. And unlike with your story, it hasn't impacted any other habits of mine. So what I would say to anyone listening to this is, if you have any happy accidents that change your behavior, then capitalize on it. So a lot of people find this with irritable bowel syndrome. They suddenly run out of milk or orange juice and they don't drink it for a week. And they're like, well, do you know what? You know, I, I think it was milk all along that is causing my IBS. You know, it's a happy accident. So getting a bit off key here, but so that's one thing. The other is, the other is about um, not waiting. So we talked on the phone the other day a bit about this, but you know, the unthinkable happens or something tragic happens like your best friend dies of cancer or has a heart attack and that triggers behavior change what i would say is those two things are poles apart they're both things that trigger behavior change but you do not want to wait till that second one happens you can do it now and i think 
focusing on 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 some of the themes that you've written in this book are are essential working out how you tick what makes you tick is really the essence of how happy you are how healthy you are and and will affect the rest of your life you know i think when particularly when people are younger and i see a lot of my patients who have addictions they don't know why they have them you know to me it's sort of i wouldn't say it's obvious but i can see through their life story why they've ended up in a position where they're gambling or they're drinking too much or they're you know they keep getting into trouble um but everyone has the ability to, you know, to slightly unpick that. And I think that's my one tip is just think about your behaviours, think about what makes you tick and understand that you you do have the ability to change them and you can take control. Yeah, brilliant tips. And honestly, really, really good tips. I think people get a lot of value from that. Thank you so much for making time today to catch up with me Absolutely. on the mics and interview me. And um, yeah, we'll do it again soon. Yeah, definitely. Can't wait. Cheers, buddy. Really hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, do have a think about one thing that you can take away and start applying into your own life. And of course, the book that Ian and I were talking about in that conversation was my third book, which was released all the way back in January 2020. It's called Feel Better in Five, your daily plan to feel great for life. It's available all over the world in many different languages as a paperback, ebook, and as an audiobook, which I am narrating. Don't forget also that my new book, Happy Minds, Happy Life, has just come out. If you enjoy my weekly podcast, I really think you are going to enjoy this book. It is also available right now as a paperback, ebook, and as an audiobook. And if you don't live in the UK, you can see all international links to order in the episode description in your podcast app. Now, before you go, just wanted to let you know about Friday 5. It's my free weekly email containing five simple ideas to improve your health and happiness. Now, in this email, I share exclusive insights that I do not share anywhere else, including health advice, interesting articles or videos that I've been consuming and quotes that have caused me to stop and reflect. And in a world of endless emails, it really is delightful that many of you tell me this is one of the only weekly emails that you actively look forward to receiving. So if that sounds like something you would like to receive each Friday, you can sign up for free at drchatterjee.com forward slash Friday 5. If you enjoyed today's episode, it's always appreciated if you can take a moment to share the podcast with your friends and family or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week and please note that if you want to listen to this show without any adverts, that option is now available for a small monthly fee on Apple and on Android. And always remember, you are the architect of your own health. Making lifestyle changes always worth it. Because when you feel better, you live more. Listener.